Hey guys, I'm Kelly Wolf, and this is the Flow Podcast. I feel like I have to clear something up. So when people hear the word flow, they always ask me, is this a yoga class or just something that can happen when you're surfing? But this flow stands for finding love over worry. And this podcast is all about the ways that you can have more flow in your life. On the Flow Podcast, I'm going to share my wisdom as a coach, a writer, a speaker, and a mama. I want to give you all the goods so that you can start your flow journey today. All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Podcast. Today, I will have with me, and I'm so excited. I love when I get people into my lair. This is the best. I have Dr. Allison Sutton with me. So I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, you have uh, heard me talk about her. She is the mastermind behind my, my current skin condition. When I say condition, I don't mean condition, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, she has brought my skin to some miraculous place. And I was definitely one of those people who thought, I was kind of doing all the things right, and she's really given me a lot of insight. Okay, I'm going to make you very uncomfortable <laughs> All right. by reading your bio. Do you mind? Okay, so what I like to do on here is I'll read the technical bio, and then I will tell the people my feeling. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Sort this is of. a good one. Sort this of. is a good one. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Sutton has been recognized for both professional and academic excellence throughout her career. Prior to opening her clinic, and guys, it's called West Dermatology. It is in Vancouver, so my apologies to those who are not in Vancouver, but lucky you if you are. So prior to opening her clinic in Vancouver, Dr. Sutton was the Director of Aesthetic Dermatology for the University of Texas Health Sciences Center in San Antonio. We're going to have to talk about Texas. <laughs> she received her medical degree from the University of British Columbia, completed her residency in dermatology at the University of Toronto, and is a fellow of both the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada and the American Academy of Dermatology. There's still more. Hold on, guys. She has received numerous awards, including the 2015 Super Doctor Rising Stars for being an outstanding practicing doctor in Texas and a National Excellence in Resident Teaching Award from the Canadian Dermatology Association. She was awarded the gold medal and recognized as a Westbrook Scholar upon graduating from medical school. Oh my goodness, are you tired? <laughs> that is so sweet. Always, always. Always, yeah. yeah. That's, that's fantastic. It also plays into why I believe you are so good at what you do. I've tried to explain to people when I've talked to them about this, and I said, it's like you're with and I don't, I, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I said, I feel like I'm with like a plastic surgeon almost with your, how, how pristine you are doing the work. And I've gone to other people who do similar things. And we'll talk about that. You just take it to another level. That word excellence continued to pop out for me. Thank you. Um, so as you guys know, I will do the bio and then I'll say my bio. Okay. So Dr. Sutton, I want to just call you Allison here too. You can too. totally call me Allison. Has the most calming nature that you can possibly imagine. And I have said this to you coming into your clinic. I believe things are top down. I think that's how it always works. All of the people that I have worked with there, your employees, first, you can tell they feel safe. They feel seen. They feel heard. 
everybody collectively kind of works together to make us, the client, feel safe, seen, and heard. There is no rapidity to the experience. Like, you feel like it's okay to to stay, take your time, and that you'll be taken care of. And again, this isn't about other people. I have yet to experience that in that environment. So that's, I think, also rare and something that's probably unique to you. I don't know you on a personal level, but I sort of get that sense. Has that been a priority for you? That's like the best thing I could ever hear because that's Mm -hmm. exactly been the goal of the office, right? So for me, you know, creating like a culture at work that is special and then having people be able to come and just feel like confident in what we're going to do, but also calm at the office and excited to be there and, and, and to be taken care of is really what I tell. That's what we focus on as a team. We want to take care of people. So, you know, what I love about my work is that I get to have relationships with people Mm. and talk to them, right. My patients and, and grow with them. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to make that experience at the office so that it doesn't, you know, it isn't rushed. It isn't transactional. Yeah. It's an experience. Somebody asked me about something that I had done and they said, did it hurt? And I said, I know when you read about it, I think it was lips. Hmm. And I was like, I, I know, cause I read about it too. And everybody says it hurts so much. I was like, I don't know if <laughs> like tapping on the arm <laughs> and you are, I'm like holding this ball. And of course you do all the numbing and all that stuff, but it really did not hurt. And I found that amazing. But that's I think great. that's also when you're not, when you're not stressed mm-hmm. um, and you're not worried and panicked, that's yeah. kind of a big deal. Okay. So guys, we're going to get into everybody's questions. There were a lot of questions, so we'll get to that in a minute, but I do want to hear about what brought you to dermatology in the first place. What was that first? Did you go into medicine, wanting to do medicine and then turned to dermatology? Yeah. I, you know, I wanted to be a doctor since I was a little girl. Mm. That was very early on. And then I had, when I was in medical school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I loved a lot of things. Like I just, I liked being a doctor. I was you know, it was my, it was a happy place for me. Yeah. I liked, I liked it all, almost all of it. Um, <laughs> so I had a hard time choosing and I was, as I started going through things, I really loved dermatology mm. and I also really loved plastic surgery. It was a, it was like a real, I wasn't sure what to do for a while. You know, the nice thing about dermatology is that it really encompasses a ton of different things. You mm. get to see young people, old people, you get to have some long-term relationships and some short. There's so much variety in the day-to-day stuff mm. with what you do. Yeah. And there's tons of surgical, like using your hands. So surgical, medical surgical, you know, cutting out cancers, cutting out molds, or also all the aesthetic stuff, which is yeah. very hands-on. And so I felt like I was able to do that all with dermatology. And I knew for me, I wanted to be uh, a mom. I wanted to have kids. And I thought the surgical piece would have been really hard for me. It's hard to be on call. It's hard to be up all night. Is there a dermatology scenario that is emergent? Like, is there an emergency version of dermatology? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, there are, are there are some emergencies. Thankfully, they're very uncommon mm-hmm. in dermatology. So, you know, when you're training, you're on call all the time. But like for me, I have a private practice now. So, you know, I'm on call technically all the time for my patients, right. but most things don't happen overnight. They know to go to emergency if there's something terrible. For my aesthetic patients, you know, I have a my number and my pager is on there all night. Right. So people can reach me if there's an emergency, but they're but thankfully, it's very, thankfully very uncommon. And you kind of knew 
that you wanted to have a family. And so that was going to be important Yes, to managing yeah, that. Yeah, to be yeah. able to somehow try to balance all that. And I figured for me, it was just a better personality fit than mm. being a surgeon. But I love using my hands. And so that for me is such a nice blend. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling Allison earlier that this audience is going to be interested in this too, but you have two kids, right? How, how old are they? My daughter's 10 and my son's eight. Oh my gosh. We're literally like almost in lockstep. When you had kids, where were you in the process? I know. So now you have your own practice and you've obviously started your own business. What was happening at that time? Yeah. So I had my daughter when I was a fourth year resident in dermatology. So oh my gosh. Five years. Yes. So I had her and uh-huh. then I had like a year of studying basically. Um, so that was wildly intense. And then um, we moved to San Antonio, Texas for my husband to do his fellowship. And I had my son there. So it would have been like my first year of practice, mm-hmm. but I, w- I did a fellowship. So it was through in my fellowship and I had him there. Does he have dual citizenship? Yes, he does. He's this is like my life fantasy. Yeah. He's a Texan. Yeah. That's amazing. It's really cute. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was that was some of the hardest years of my life, Texas. How did you manage it? So yeah. I'm assuming family down there? No, no. All okay. the family, both my husband and my family is here in Vancouver. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to come back. It was always temporary to be there. We were there for three years. Mm. You know, he followed me to Toronto for me to do my training. So I had to follow him. Oh, I know this well. Yes. AKA moving again. Yes. We've (laughs) moved a lot of times, probably almost as many as you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Texas was a real adventure for us. Mm. It was, it was, that was some of my hardest times, you know, two very small kids, very close together in age. Like they're just two years apart and no family. And yeah, you know, it was really, it was really challenging, but you know, in the end, I think we made it a really good experience. Oh, and yeah. I had postpartum, really severe postpartum. I always wondered if it was something about having two very close together because you never really, yeah. you know, it was like breastfeeding, pregnant baby, breastfeeding, like there was, there's no gap yes. somewhere in there. And then being without help. Yeah. Did you have people come in and help you? Mm-hmm. Were the two of you just like tagging out? How did you do that? We had some help and my daughter, the older one went to like, um, I call it school, but it was really preschool at the beginning. And then my son did too, once he was able to. And so we had a little bit of help at home. And then my family was amazing and they'd come and visit a lot and help. My parents were amazing. And um, even my husband's parents did that as well. So, you know, I was really lucky that they could do that yeah. um, and come and spend a week or two weeks with me. It's so different oh, right? Gosh. when they come and spend that intense time. Yeah. It's so helpful. But then you're alone again. Yeah. You know, it's, like, no. yeah, don't leave. But yeah, so I, I mean, I'm really lucky. I had lots of um, lots of support, yeah. but still felt alone a lot. You know, I made some really great friendships there in the end. It just yeah. took a little while. Like it's hard to make friends as adults. Oh yeah. Right? And especially when you're both working, Yeah, newborns, they're not in school it's yet. Messy. It's messy. <laughs> yeah. So did you know at that time that you were going to want to have your own business? Is that a trajectory in dermatology? Typically tell me more about what that looks like. So do you know from the beginning that you want to go off on your own? Because I wanted to ask you about the entrepreneurial path. Sure. No, I don't think, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And really the way the world works is always very confusing. And you never realize <laughs> it's the right path until you're there for a little while. When we were looking into moving back and I was chatting with my colleagues in Vancouver and what was happening and what the scene was, there was an opportunity for me to take over for somebody who was retiring. Mm. And he worked with Jillian DeGans, who's 
who was my partner then. And so I took over his practice because I thought oh, that okay. was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. He sort of had everything already established and Jillian also was working there. And so we were going to run the practice together, which was really nice for me coming to work in BC because I hadn't worked there before. So it was helpful for me to learn how things went here mm. and stuff. So um, we were... Yeah, Texas to BC would be a different... Yes, totally, <laughs> totally different. And even Toronto to BC was a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was really lucky. I stepped into this and it was a you know, it was a good fit. And then as things kept going, you know, I started the aesthetic practice sort of within my medical practice and then realized that that's really where I wanted to take things. And even within the leadership within that medical practice, you know, I really enjoyed doing that piece. And so I had started taking some, doing some leadership courses and some coaching stuff that I love and I'm super passionate about. And then there became an opportunity for me to sort of take it to the next step, what I call jumped off the deep end. Yeah. Which is like the perfect segue because we talked about this for a brief moment before I think, and I don't know, but you sort of clarified when you're going into medicine, I think it's with a lot of careers, actually, nobody's really talking to you about the entrepreneurial side and the business side. And I think people get really spun out by it. So when you found yourself going into this place, and my friend calls it people management is the thing that nobody talks to you about. How many employees do you have now-ish? I want to say about like 15 or 16. So it's a large clinic. How was that moment where you decided to to fly solo into that place? Yeah, I mean, it was was so scary. I mean, it was also happening during COVID. I found the spot and we did the drawings and we started building it and it was all happening in the middle of COVID. So all the normal nerves were sort of compounded by the, oh my gosh, is this really happening on top of it all? So it was it was crazy and wild and scary. But I think sometimes in life you do just have to do that, just jump off the mm. deep end. And you don't so, know what you don't know. Yeah. And I'm so- Learn as you're flying down yeah. <laughs> through the air. I'm, just, I'm so thankful that I did. Like I'm, I'm so happy with my space. Mm. I'm so happy with um, what I've been able to do with it so far, which is still just the beginning. Yeah. And it's been my first real opportunity to run the team the way I want to do it, to try to develop a work culture that I'm proud of, to to create an experience for patients mm. that is really like my vision of how I want people to have that experience. And I wasn't really able to do that in the other practice. Yeah. So it's so exciting and terrifying. It's a lot of work. So much work. But there's such a rewarding <laughs> piece to being able to define it. Yeah. How did you even know that to define culture as a concept? Was that something that you just knew intrinsically or had you understood it from the coaching? So I did this program when I was still in Texas um, through one of my societies called the American Society for Dermatologic Surgery, the mm-hmm. ASDS, which is our big aesthetic group. Mm-hmm. And I did this program called Future Leaders Network. So you apply and then they, you know, there's six or seven of you and you're matched with a mentor. And my mentor was Dr. Elizabeth McBurney and she lives in, well, New Orleans area, Louisiana. I used to live there. Yes. And I'm in love with her. And I, um, I'm so thankful. I can tell your face like lit up when you said her name. She, she's just, she's one of the most amazing humans I've ever met. So we did this year-long program of sort of mentee mentorship Mm -hmm. and learning about leadership. And then through that, I met a coach. So one, there's two coaches that are actually Vancouver-based that work with this program, which is all, you know, funny. And I, so I connected with one of the coaches and I've continued to work with her through that time. And so I've learned so much and so much about myself Mm -hmm. and so much about people. And I think that I find that one of the most exciting and interesting 
mm. parts of my life, which I had no idea about before. That's not what you train to do when you're a doctor. No. Right? Um, or or in, mo- in so many yeah. different sciences, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say for sure the hardest part of my job is is the management and leadership and people part of the practice and also one of the most sort of exciting to me. Mm. I feel like I learn a lot all yeah. the time. I learn a lot about myself. I learn a lot about others. And I find it really, really interesting. So do you find those equal parts? So you have the actual medicine side yeah. and then you have the entrepreneurial side. Are they equally interesting? I think so. Yeah, I do. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if someone said I could just do the medicine part and not the other part right now, I would feel sad. Like something was missing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I think that's something that, you know, when you were just talking about taking that additional step, the mentor mentee thing, oh my gosh. If we could just encourage that so much more often in so many worlds. I agree. You know, I, I will often put myself out. I've had been blessed to have had some people that have guided me along the way. Mm -hmm. And I know I used to feel like I didn't want to be greedy or why would anybody want to do that? But I think what people forget is there's such a mutual bond that happens there. And it really does help both parties reach out. If you're in that situation, I mean, it's worth looking for that and asking for that. It's so important. Say the woman's name. Is she still practicing? Uh, she's not practicing anymore. Okay. She teaches a little bit still. Okay. She teaches a little bit and she teaches me lots all the time. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you at some point. Maybe we could do like a, we can send it out and I'll just ask people if they want this. Like if you know people in other places, cause I know I have a lot of people in the United States yeah. who've been like, <laughs> where would where I go, go in this place? Oh yeah. Happy to help. Yeah, yeah. That we would have that. Do you know what I've missed? What I've missed probably the most over the last couple of years, it's that deep connection, especially that deep connection that would happen over dinner, over a beautiful bottle of wine. So this year, personally, I have made a commitment to make my moments. And that is the tagline of my favorite winery, 1111 Wines. 1111 is a luxury brand and a female-run winery. They focus on connections, bringing people together, and just that essence of synchronicity. They believe in being present while you enjoy wine and food and company. And doesn't that sound so good right now? I love giving 1111 wine as a gift. It just hits in a really special way. When you get a box of 1111 wine on your doorstep, there is no person that I know that would be sad about that. I love doing this for holiday gifts, which guys, it's going to come upon us really fast. So, you know, get on top of that. Corporate gifts, or sometimes just celebrating your friends and loved ones. And, and people, reminder, you can get gifts for yourself. We can do things for ourselves. That's really important. There are 14 small production varietals in the wine portfolio. All of them I have tried and all of them I love. So today, don't wait. Go to 1111wines.com and get something special for yourself because it's time to make your moment. If I told you all the awards that Vintner's Daughter has won, we could be here for an hour. Glamour, bizarre, town and country, pop sugar. They say things like best beauty product, best skincare, best essence, best serum. And when you try this legendary duo, I think you're going to be a fan too. The active treatment essence and the active botanical serum have earned their spot at the table. 
I know I'm going to sound like the proud mom at the school play, but I have to tell you, there are some really important pieces to purchasing Vintner's Daughter. You know, all products don't come the same. There are certain companies that go that extra mile and Vintner's Daughter is one of them. It's not just about the product anymore. It's about what the company does. And this company is committed to their social impact. They are committed to sustainability. They are vegan. They are cruelty-free. This is a clean beauty product. There's no toxins in this product. It is carbon neutral. It has the highest classification that you can get for green certification. And they are on the cusp of becoming a B Corp. Guys, if you don't know what a B Corp is, you have to go see how incredibly hard it is to become a B Corp and the commitment that a company makes when they've reached that pinnacle. I believe in investing in things that make a difference. And Vintner's Daughter will make a difference in your skin. And they're also making a difference in the world. Vintner's Daughter believes in a fewer is better approach. When you go to their website, you're not going to see hundreds of products. You're going to see two. Go to vintnersdaughter.com today. That is V-I-N-T-N-E-R-S daughter.com. They offer two-day complimentary shipping and they have a subscription program where you will get your sixth bottle for free. You guys, you are going to thank me later. All right. So we are flow, which is finding love over worry. And I like to ask all of my guests in whatever field that they work in, what is one of the most challenging things that you've had to deal with and how did you overcome it? I've had a lot, lot of major challenges in my life. I always call it the kitchen or the bathroom sink moment, which is like when I'm working with somebody in a session, they're going to obviously bring the most painful, hard things that they're dealing with. And I like to also then focus on, tell me about pulling yourself up on mm-hmm. the bathroom sink. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hear about that. That's just the metaphor mm-hmm. for it, right? How do we replace hard things with with what we did to overcome them, how to replace fear with love and all of that. Um, Okay, so let's get to questions. I have an overarching question, a personal question, because I hear this a lot from people. When you see people in the media, and we're not naming any names, we're not talking about any individual person or people, but I hear this all the time. So-and-so doesn't do that. So-and-so doesn't do that. That person just drinks more water and eats more kale. What is your general response to hearing that? You know, I I get asked this a lot. And I mean, I think that my general response is that chances are that these people are are having treatments very, very, very regularly. And that's probably the best way to do them. Little things all the time. They probably have really good people that they go to, to give them a proper, you know, look over of their skin and a skincare regimen. They know to stay out of the sun. They know to drink lots of water and sleep properly because sleeping well and drinking water and eating kale is fantastic. And we should all be doing that. But it, it usually requires more than that to look like these people are looking. And, and not only that, you know, they're there's Photoshop and there's all sorts of makeup tricks you can do and and there's so much else going on. So I think, you know, I think we have to be kind to ourselves when we see these people and they look so beautiful all the time. It's so amazing and we all want to look like that. I think that's amazing, but you need to be kind to yourself and remember that a lot of that is not necessarily the way they woke up in the morning. A lot of them are likely having a lot of treatments all the time. And I'll say this, you don't have to say this part because of being around the business for so long. And again, I'm not saying anything about anything, but I know for a fact, oftentimes people that have said they've never done anything. I think I told you this story, actually. I was with girlfriends one time and everybody was going around this table 
And everybody's talking about the little tweaks that they've done. Dr. Sutton calls them tweakments, which I love. And these are close girlfriends and we're all chatting and we're talking about it. And we get to one of our girlfriends and I would say it's fairly known that she has done a few tweakments. Nothing, nothing crazy, but but again, that's all relative. And she said, oh, I've never done anything to this group of women sitting around a table. And there were probably six of us. Mm -hmm. And I kind (laughs) of, I tried to keep my poker face together because I was like, say what? But it occurred to me in that moment that we have so much, I don't even know what this is because I've tried to really figure it out in a psychology section of my brain. But like, we feel shame around it, maybe. There's some kind of egoic concern about, I'm supposed to just look this way and be this way, and I haven't done anything about that. I actually did an Instagram post about this. Where is our line? So I'll put lipstick on. I will go to the gym. I will dye my hair. I will, you know, get lash extensions. I'm I'm not literally all those things all the time, but what is our line for what makes us feel good? And I think you said something about, if you can afford it, if you are doing it safely with somebody that, you know, is responsible, then what makes you feel good? That that should really be your litmus test with the caveat. And if this wasn't you, you don't, you can don't have to claim it. I think that affordability thing is important. Mm-hmm. You know, are these things tanking your life? You know, mm-hmm. then don't, maybe don't do that. Mm-hmm. Are you being responsible about it? Then if it makes you feel good, should we be unapologetic? I mean, I think so. And I think everybody's comfort level with talking about it is different. And I'm, I think that there is a lot of stigma or shame or lots going on in everybody's head about it in the background. But I have people who come into the office all the time and say, oh, I don't want to be vain or I'm not vain. And, and like, that is just a dirty word in my office. We don't use that word because I think, you know, what I have seen with my patients and my favorite, favorite thing to see is somebody's confidence come back. And that's why I do what I do, because I love to be able to help people feel better. Mm. And when they feel better about the way they look, they feel better as a person. It's very, very mixed up and related and very real. And there's lots of science about that. But to be able to, you know, give somebody back some self-confidence and see them smile, like that is what I love the most about my job. I wish we could take the stigma out of it, because when I see that kind of experience from a patient versus the one that's so afraid because they feel such shame and, or, or so uncomfortable about having something done. You know, I wish I can just show them. I wish I can give that to you. So yeah, I wish that we could change the conversation a little bit. I I always say, if there's something that's really bothering you, tell me about it because if I can treat it for you, you know, safely and somewhat easily, then you should do it. It'll make you feel more powerful. It'll make you feel more confident. We have a lot of negative self-talk all the time. This is what yeah. I, there's so much negative self-talk in the mirror. We're so hard on ourselves, I think in general, you know, if we can just ease that a little bit, yeah. help you to feel good, like just a little bit, yeah, just to change that self-talk. You know, when, when you just said that I raised my hand because I think that there was a moment and I'll just, this is very vulnerable to say, but I was kind of getting to this place where I was looking in the mirror and going, okay, Kelly, this is that moment. This is that moment where you just need to accept this, be okay with this. <laughs> you know, it was red and sunspots and and skin drooping and wrinkles. Wrinkles I'm okay with too. I mean, I think I don't I don't I'm not somebody who wants to just completely get rid of all my wrinkles. But certain things that I did not know were low-hanging fruit that people can easily take care of that I had just kind of went like, okay. And Sure. Can I do that? Absolutely. Can I 
feel good despite that? Yes. Was it becoming increasingly harder? Yes. Was I more aware of it? Absolutely. Was it kind of, I'm going to say taking the wind out of my sails a little bit? Yes. (laughs) So I'm sure if I feel that way, I can imagine that's how a lot of people feel. I think so. Yeah. I really do. And having little things, and we'll talk about that because that was definitely a question is, can we go over the things that I did? And we'll do that. But having those things kind of shift, I wrote you a letter and just said, I don't even think I knew exactly kind of how much I was hiding a little bit until it was back to, I say it was just back to the OG yeah. stuff. I love that. <laughs> you know, I just that's feels what we do, back. Right? That's what you want to do, Yeah, that's what you want to do. We just want to make you feel like the best version of yourself or, or put back what was once there, right? We don't want to change you or make you look different. That's yeah. really not the goal at all. The goal is just to help you feel great. And as, as all of us, but I mean, women in particular, and you kind of told, talked me through a little bit where we lose fat in our face mm-hmm. and where we lose collagen and that when you just are putting things back in, you're, you are bringing it back to that original place. I am sure wherever you guys are in the world, do a little homework, find a clinician who wants to do these things to the most natural degree. And it isn't just about, you know, making mm-hmm. some extra cash on the side mm-hmm. and do it that route. And I can say, I think you will feel so much better. Yeah. Okay. Let's go over. Do you know? I'll help if you can't remember. Let's go over what I have done. I think that's helpful. That okay for me to just yeah yeah oh sure go for it okay <laughs> she's like she's like can I can we I'm like yes <laughs> because and here's here's part of this for me too and I was I told you this when we met I'm tired of the stigma personally yeah I'm also and this can get me a little fired up I'm a little tired too of being with people who won't tell me anything and then it somehow it feels a little bit unfair like well I might want that you know I kind of want to feel. X, Y, and Z, but nobody is saying anything about it. So I'm over here like, oh, I guess it's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. And then somebody's like, no, no, you can cut a skin tag off. Guys, you can cut a skin (laughs) tag off. Like, so it's, it's little things like that, that if you don't know, you don't know. And so my ultimate goal here is not to encourage people to to necessarily do something, but just know what the options are. Is that fair? Okay. That's totally fair. Okay. So you tell I mean, I think, so the first thing that I think of when I see somebody is just um, helping them have the best skin possible, Mm. because I think even that without anything else makes a very, very powerful difference. And tell me if this is wrong or not. Our skin's an organ. Yes. Okay. So that would need some science to understand exactly how that organ is operating. Right. Okay. So that's number one. Yes. But I number two, and I know people are going to want to know this. What if I cannot afford to go to a board certified dermatologist or do this? Are there... Yeah, a couple of things that generically would be beneficial for people. And this was definitely a question. Okay, sure. So super generic. I mean, number one, two and three is sunscreen. Okay. If you can wear a sunscreen every single day, like do just put it on in the morning before you leave the house. It's you don't look outside at the weather. You don't check the UV index. You just put it on. You will do so much for your skin. And I even have like some of my favorite elderly patients uh, that are so sun damaged with many skin cancers who I finally convinced to wear a sunscreen every day. And they will come back and say to me six months later, oh my God, what a difference that makes. So it's, it's never too late. And that late. is gray it's sky, never too late. sunny sky, gray size, get okay. out of the way, just put the sunscreen on. Yeah. Is there a drugstore sunscreen that you feel is, you know, 
Yeah, there's typically a million. Good. Yes. Is there one you would call out or you don't want to do that? Um, you don't I mean, I'm happy to, but there's actually so many great ones. So first of all, if you look at the label, I mean, there's a few things that I look for. So an SPF of at least 30, okay. that's the UVB measurement mm-hmm. of how good it's going to protect you against UVB. There's a little symbol that says UVA plus UVB. So that means it's going to cover you for both UVB and UVA. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Canadian Dermatology Association logo that will go on a okay. lot of them in the drugstore, which just Is means- that the same in the States? No. no. Okay. So what if we're in the States, what would one, they would want to look for the same thing. Same the UVA. SPF 30 at least. And then okay. the UVA UVB symbol. And I don't know if there's an American Academy of Dermatology I certification. I'm I wonder sure. if there is, but I don't, that's a good, very good question. I don't know either. But like brands you've heard of a lot, like La Roche-Posay, mm-hmm. Neutrogena, Aveeno, Vichy, like there's so many great okay. brands out there yeah. that are affordable and have great sunscreens. So yeah. Um, what about pore? I hear this a lot. The pore clogging of the sunscreen. Is that a myth? No, I would say that's not a myth. I would say that's a problem okay. with drugstore sunscreen. So, okay. I, you know, in my practice, I see a lot of adult female acne. That's like a huge mm. passion of mine and a huge subset of my patients. And so I see a lot of adult women that struggle with sort of ongoing, you know, persistent mild okay. acne. And I think finding a drugstore sunscreen is really hard in those situations. Mm. So I have quite a few in my office that I carry specifically for that type of patient because okay. it's hard to find them. There is one yeah. that I like. The brand is Aven mm. and it's a compact. How do you spell that? A-V-E-N-E. Okay. And it's a compact, it's minerals, but it only comes in two shades. There's kind of a light okay. and a dark. So it's very limiting in that way, mm. but just great for sensitive skin. Mm. I don't find it breaks people out. It gives great coverage. Oh, that's good um, to know. Like not, sorry, not great coverage, like thick or anything, yeah, yeah. just great coverage Sun's for UVA, UVB. Coverage, yeah. yeah. And even like infrared and visible lights, mm. which mm-hmm. are important for things like melasma. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Okay. That, this is a question and I want to make sure I get it right. So everybody, sunscreen is, people say, what's the holy grail? And they said, I know she's going to say sunscreen. <laughs> yes, they're all right. <laughs> okay. So sunscreen is the holy grail. If I am going to make an investment in, let's say, one product, would I want that one product to be the superior sunscreen from not necessarily? Okay. Okay. That's, I think that's really good for people to know. Like, do I need to make, put my money into that piece or can I put it into the other one? That's like a retinol or, okay. I think sunscreen, if you find one that you like and we'll put on every single day and it's inexpensive, fantastic. Great. Yeah. It's great. And then if I am getting breakouts from that, is there something, I mean, this, I think this goes without saying everybody. So if we don't know this, I'm going to say it for you. She doesn't even have to say it. We got to wash our face at night. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have to wash our face face today. I mean, that might be, that is, can be the, is that the issue? What I do you think? think? That's, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if you, you want to look for a sunscreen that says non-comedogenic. Okay. Comedone. Say that again. Yeah. So a comedone is a blackhead or a whitehead. It's the first kind of lesion in, in, in acne. So if the brand says non-comedogenic, right on the label, then, you know, it's a little bit less likely to clog your pores. Unfortunately, that's not a super regulated term. And so it's not perfect, Mm -hmm. but that might be helpful. Some of them will say for acne prone skin. I mean, my ultimate favorite sunscreen for acne prone skin is one called Elta Clear. Is Um, that the U-L-T-A? E-L-T-A. Okay. E-L-T-A clear. Clear. We sell it in the office. For acne prone skin. Mm -hmm. It's just my favorite. Will most dermatologists have that? A lot of dermatologists will carry that particular one because it is so good for that. And it's a great price point. It's not super expensive. I am going to write that down because guys, I will put a couple of these, not all of them, into the show notes because I do think some of these are going to be consistent questions. So I will put them in there 
so you can remember that. Um, but I'm going to say, if you don't have a pen, I want you to get it right now. Hit pause. Because <laughs> I'm already like, okay, wait, Elsa, got it. Although, guys, this is not an ad, so let's just put that out there right now. But the Skin Better mm-hmm. sunscreen. Yes, obsessed with um, I don't think it's grossly expensive. No. So I wasn't, I mean, I think there's some things where I'm like, wow, that's aggressive. Yeah. I do not think it is grossly expensive, and I think it works that well. I do, too. Um, doesn't clog the pores, and it has a little bit of a tent to yeah, it. A slight That's tent. all I've been putting on Yeah, now. me too. That's I what I wear every put day. put that on, some mascara, walk out the door, have a nice day. Yeah. Okay. Makes life easy. What about sunscreen in our lip gloss? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of overlooked for a lot of people, but it's fantastic and it should, you should put it on. So okay. a lot of lip glosses have it, mm. and if you can, it's great because- you really is don't it want worth putting? Do we want sunscreen on our lips, or does it need to be lip? I mean, you can do either, but okay. it's kind of sometimes a little bit yucky to put a lotion or yeah. a cream right yeah. on your lips. Okay, so ears, ears. Okay, so this is this is what I hear the most in my practice. People say, "Oh, I put sunscreen on my nose." So you know, <laughs> well, I'm Just happy for your nose, but there's all the rest of your face and everything else that's showing. So the thing that I educate the most about is putting it everywhere that's exposed because they're all exposed the same and they're all at risk the same for skin cancer. So, you know, it should go everywhere on your face, um, to go right onto your ears Mm. for anyone that wears their hair up or has short hair. Like a lot of men, you want to make sure you get on your neck. Mm. Oh, the back of the neck, the sides of the neck. We have to talk. We have to Mm -hmm. talk to men about sunscreen, Mm -hmm. the V of the chest for Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the daily day to day sun that we're getting, Mm -hmm. you know, driving the car to go pick up the kids or waiting for 20 minutes at soccer pickup outside. And Mm -hmm. we don't think about it. That's not outdoor time, right? Right. You're not thinking about it. And so if you have your sunscreen on in the morning, at least it's doing something to protect you. And if you can, you know, I carry like a sunscreen powder brush in my purse. I was going to say, what's that sort of strategy based thing? Keep it in the car. Oh, keep one in your purse. Keep one in the car. The yeah. powder brush is the easiest because it's not going to get all hot if it's the liquid. Right. Um, and then you can just apply it, you know, if you're in a mm. rush mm-hmm. or if you're caught outside and you didn't realize you were going to be, you can just add a Throw little it on. on top and it doesn't look like anything. It's just matte. They're, right. they're my favorite. That's one of the things that I just think is a good life lesson. So, you know, I'm a mom, so I'm going to give you mom advice. Yeah. Buy two sunscreens when you buy your sunscreen. Like if you find a favorite, buy two. One stays in your bathroom or whatever, and one stays in your car. Yes. Or near, near where you leave the house is always a good place yeah. to leave one. But yeah, yeah. you got to get in the habit. You got to get in the habit early if you can. And it's probably the very best thing you can do for your skin. Where's the number one place, the most common place to get skin cancers on our body or is there well one? yeah face okay. so head and neck is the most common because yeah. it's exposed so much more and then how often do you recommend people get checked mole checked that's a really hard question because it really depends on so many things okay you know i tell people when you're doing your annual physical exam with your family doctor they should be looking at your skin mm. and having a peek and if you're somebody that has other risk factors so maybe family members with skin cancers mm-hmm. or growing up in the tropics mm-hmm. or you know having a history of like blistering sunburns mm. terrible you know you should be checked by a dermatologist and like what's the age that you would say really kind of make that a priority not it's hard to say it really depends yeah. yeah and i think you know from then on if you have absolutely nothing and nothing high risk your dermatologist might say you know you don't need to see me just mm-hmm. if you notice a problem or if your family doctor finds a problem um, and then some people they'll recommend sort of a semi annual or an mm-hmm. annual exam if if you need it so it all just is based on your history and yeah. and what's happening yeah. tell us about lady parts do we need to check that for moles and have somebody look down there yeah okay. yeah i mean 
lady parts, male parts, <laughs> you know, you can get skin cancer everywhere. You can get skin cancer in on the genitals. You can get skin cancer inside your mouth. You can get in the back of your eye. Okay, you so your yeah. hands and your feet. I've so, heard people say, do not forget. And if you are going to get checked, it might feel unnerving, but yeah. that's a doctor. And it's, it's what let, we do all day. And we need to look yeah. in those places. And between yeah. toes, right? Between that toes. That was a big one, I remember. Bottom of your feet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think so, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's get to the other stuff. <laughs> I was I don't I almost said fun stuff, but I won't because that is the fun stuff too. Okay, wait, we didn't do it yet. Let's talk about what I've done. Oh right. Okay, yeah. so skincare. I should say prior to coming to you, I had tried Botox. I did not do it often though. Some of the things and I brought it up to you, I got what the a lazy eye one time. Like an eye droop. Like an eye droop. Yeah. And so I had said to Dr. Sutton, like, uh-uh, not my thing. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay. Which you were really sweet about it. And then we'll talk about what happened after that. So I had tried that. What else had I tried? I had tried a small amount of filler, like a half vial, a couple times, but not a lot. Those of you who know, I have EDS. And so I was, I wanted to make sure it didn't slip on me, which it doesn't. So it's fine. I mean, I've done all the standard stuff. I've done facials. I hadn't done anything else besides that. Okay. So after coming to you, yeah, so what we did, did we some, do? We started with some skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some IPL or intense pulse light treatments. So those are some of my favorite treatments for helping to even out the skin tone, mm-hmm. even out reds and browns in the and skin. And just to clarify for people, that's a laser. It's a, a type of light-based device. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you normally treat the full face. Some people treat their necks or chests or hands or other mm. areas. And it's a series of treatments. Normally, we in my office, we do them once a month. And, you know, you may need between three to five treatments to get where you want to get. And then it's really important to do maintenance treatments. So I talk to my patients a lot about that. You know, I want to take you from A to B, but then I just want to keep you. I want to keep Mm. you there. I just, I want to keep it, your skin looking beautiful and healthy. We don't want you to go back to the beginning. So we do some regular sort of quarterly treatments and then keep things looking beautiful. Can you tell them the thing about the benefit that IPL has shown in the recent studies? This is so fascinating. Yeah. So with my machine, there's been some beautiful 10-year studies that show that 10 years later, so if you do that initial series of treatments, five or six treatments, and then you do two to three treatments a year as maintenance, Mm -hmm. 10 years later, your skin will not only look healthier and younger, but if you biopsy it and look at the skin under the microscope, it is that of younger skin. And if you run the genetic profile of skin 10 years later, it's younger than it was before. So it's amazing. There's a lot of science behind it. It's a wonderful treatment and it's, you know, I would call it really non-invasive. Yeah. But that was my experience. Mm -hmm. I got a little swollen, but I also think we figured out part of that was I just didn't ice it, you know, because the second time I did it, I didn't really get swollen at all. Mm -hmm. And some people are swellers, but it's always temporary. And it went away and it wasn't a big deal. But I would say if you get IPL or BBL, right? BBL is the brand that I have in my office. To just give yourself a couple days after, you know, where you don't need to go to like a red carpet event or something like that. And that you probably want to be staying out of the sun. For sure. All of that. Okay. With the IPL, again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're bringing up some of the sunspots, the red spots, but then they sort of can crust off. So is that what, yeah, happens? what happens is it's, it's a light-based device and you can change the filters on the light. So we use some filters to target red in the skin. So red would be redness from rosacea or broken blood vessels from either rosacea or sun damage. So when we target that, we're actually targeting the hemoglobin in the blood vessels and that hemoglobin is absorbing the light that we're shining on it and a reaction takes place and your body oh, so eats it away. 
Okay. So we're targeting red. We're also targeting brown that mm, way, but mm-hmm. with different filters. And so in the end, everything looks more even. The sunspots basically lift to the surface. Mm-hmm. They get darker and specky like coffee grinds, and then they sort of fall off about a week later. There's not really ever any open skin. There's no mm. oozing or anything like that. It's very easy to heal from. Yeah. But you notice that first, whatever that is, coming to the surface, yes. and then it kind of, and then it and goes then it away. Goes. I was telling you, too, that that was probably one of, I'd say, a pretty powerful thing to do. Oh, and like wow. you said, yeah. non-invasive, it's nothing's happening. There's no needles. No needles. Um, yeah. Okay, so I did, I've done two so far. Yeah. Now I'm totally hooked. And now I'm like, <laughs> I want to do my hands. I'm yes. Gonna, yeah. um, and I want to tell everybody to do it. Okay, then what, what did we do after that? We've done some neuromodulator. So, yeah, so that's Botox. Or, somebody said the Kleenex. So like Kleenex is tissues. Yes. Neuromodulators, people say Botox, but there's a whole host of them. Right. Okay. Right. So neuromodulator is tissues. Mm-hmm. Botox is Kleenex, right? Everybody <laughs> knows Botox as yeah. a brand. Yeah. But there, in Canada, there's Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, and Nuceva. Okay. And really, they're all fantastic. They all have slight nuances. I think everybody who uses them, you know, knows which one they prefer in a certain patient or with a certain muscle, um, or if you're looking for a certain effect, but really they're all fantastic and and they're all amazing. And some people will have a preference for one versus the other. It's really not so much about brand. A lot of the time it's about the pattern of injections. Yeah. And I'm actually not going to say the brand because it matters your face and Mm -hmm. the person doing it. Right. And then I think if we say the thing, it's like talking about medication, you got to do it your way. You can't always do the thing that everybody does. Okay. Yeah. We did that. Yep. We'll call it neuromodulators. And then how many, do we know how, about how many units? You units? Can, I, I can't remember. I mean, ish. That was a common question. Or let's just ask this question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People asked what I did. I don't know. I feel like it was under 50. Probably under 50 for you. Maybe somewhere between, I don't know. Maybe 50-ish. Maybe around 50. Okay. Yeah. People were asking, what can they expect in terms of units for really deep 11 lines? So for those that wouldn't know, the 11s would be in between your eyebrows, the top of your nose, the kind of like angry face. And as we age too, they just kind of sit there even when you're not angry. Right. Okay. So what would be, what would somebody want to investment wise to tackle that? Ish. Um, These are all ish guys. Yes. Ish. (laughs) Take it all with a grain of salt. (laughs) You need a proper assessment. You know, I would say on label, it's 20 units for that area. And I would say that's a low dose for me, 20 units. And so it would, it would range from 20 to sort of 30, 35 in that range is very common for me. In a man, we often have to actually go higher in the dose. Their muscles can often be a lot stronger, mm. but that's a generalization and it's not always the case. So sometimes 40, 50, even higher for a man in that area. And really the idea is that you're getting a a proper enough dose, a good enough dose that it's going to give you the effect that you want and last as long as you want. Because with neuromodulators, it's like dose dependent longevity. Mm, So if you have a proper dose, you know, we're hoping that you're going to get three or four months out of it. If you're really light on the dose, you know, it's going to be a lot less. And then you just have to come in more frequently, which is not the goal. You want to have, you want to have a good enough effect and not be frozen, just a good enough effect that it lasts. Right. So I would say in that ballpark is probably reasonable. Okay. Have you ever heard the saying, health is wealth? Health is wealth. That saying never really resonated with me until the last couple of years. Until I realized that when you don't feel good, everything starts to fall apart. Everything becomes harder. Well, I have a solution for you. 
my friend and owner and creator of Blueberry Nutrition, Joanne Schell, who has already helped women across America to find self-love and reshape their lives through her healthy habits practice. Joanne creates custom programs for every single individual client. Her programs are based in behavioral science, and it will give each individual person a new playbook of healthy habits they can implement immediately. Here's the thing about Joe. Yeah, I said Joe instead of Joanne, because you'll call her Joe too, is that she is kind, she's clear, she's compassionate. You get all of this incredible information over the phone or Zoom. You don't even have to leave your house. So for me, my personal recommendation would be to do the online Nexus program. This can be used for just a quick attitude shift. And I love this idea of an attitude shift because a lot of these techniques and tools are all going to come from how we think. This is why it fits perfectly with our flow protocols. I know how this goes. As soon as the holidays come around, everything that you need or want is going to go onto the back burner. So if I were you, I would get on board, go to blueberry-nutrition.com and start this wellness journey for yourself today. You guys, we get to sign up. We can sign up today. You can buy a session and you are going to get 10% off when you use code FLOW, F-L-O-W. Again, that is blueberry hyphen or dash nutrition. Com, where you can sign up and start your journey today. I have a soft spot for Margaret Webb because she's a friend. She's a sponsor of Flow. And she's also a person who has helped me navigate complicated issues with my middle child. My middle child has severe anxiety and Margaret has helped me come up with tangible ways that I can ease his suffering as well as put more joy into our household overall. When your child is struggling from being on a different developmental timeline, it can feel very alone and isolating. Margaret currently has a self-guided class on her website called Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect. It's a really powerful course. It has 10 sessions inside of the course and you can download it and you can do it on your own timeline. She's also offering flow participants a free session. If you go to her website, Margaret Webb, that's two B's, margaretweblifecoach.com and you go to one-on-one sessions, click on it and you will see an option for a free flow session. So if you've gone through the self-guided class and you want to keep doing more, I highly recommend reaching out. margaretweblifecoach.com and I promise you won't feel alone. Is it true that neuromodulators, I hope you guys got what we meant by neuromodulators. We're not saying the thing, it's the Kleenex thing. Just to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Are they preventative? Is that a, is that real? Is that a myth? That's totally real. Yeah, okay. that's totally real. I mean, if you start before your lines are etched at rest, so, you know, with those 11s, a lot of us will have that with movement since we're kids. But when they start to be etched at rest or there without you even making the angry face, you know, we really want to work to be preventing that. You know, a lot of people will say, my kids think I'm angry, but I'm not angry at them. 
you know, we're, you know, we're having a yeah. great conversation. They say, why are you angry, mom? Those 11s really translate anger. Mm-hmm. And so being able to soften that with a neuromodulator and just open up the in between the eyes is very refreshing looking like people right. say they feel refreshed. So that's a great place to start. And if you are consistent with it and do it fairly regularly, you're going to, first of all, train your muscles not to do that movement as much. Right. If those muscles aren't contracting, they're not creating those big, deep sort of furrows. Yep. And then, you know, with time, if you continue to do that, they'll just sort of stretch out and stretch out. Yeah. If neuromodulators have a bit of preventative ability, is that something, I I mean, I know this is a risky question, so you don't have to answer this. We can just be vague. Age-wise, is it really just about seeing when the line is setting in, not really about how old you are? Yes. Okay. So it's not like, start it when you're 25. It's more like, when your lines are starting to be seen, when you're just sitting there, mm-hmm. that might be a good time to have a consultation. Or Is that fair? Ideally, before that. Okay, a little bit before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. There's so many things you can do with neuromodulators. There's so many. Say uses. some of those things. Yeah. So um, you know, the common ones are are the frown lines or the elevens, the forehead lines, um, and crow's feet around your eyes. We can change the arch of an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. We can open your eyes so that when you, you know, some people, when they smile, they, their eyes get smaller the way their orbicularis oculi muscle works. And so you can, you can just prevent that a little bit and keep the eye a bit more open. You know, if somebody has a really gummy smile, you can often soften that. If somebody has- That's so interesting. Yeah, there's a million cool things. You know, if you have big masseter muscles, mm-hmm. which are on the side of your cheeks and a lot of young women- have really big, strong master muscles. I think we clench a lot and hold a lot of tension there. It can really widen the face. And so it, you can actually treat that with um, What about pain? It In helps the, so much can with it pain. Help? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. now I'm thinking I need that. The, the, that jaw, yeah. right? That where you're yeah. holding that tension. Yeah. Can you just treat that to, not to for wrinkles, but to treat it for yeah. like, just so to, it, for it to loosen up? Exactly. So oh, it I helps okay. a lot with pain. It mm-hmm. helps a lot with sort of clenching and grinding, mm. but also slims the face as part of it. Cause that's what it does. I mean, it depends on the dose, but it's one of those amazing places to treat. I think it really impacts people. I mean, those are some of my most loyal patients, you know, they're in all mm. right when it's due, cause they start to get their headaches and their face hurts again. I know um, that these have been used to treat migraines too. Oh, yeah. So many uses. So every, a lot of people ask, yeah. they feel like it's scary that it's from the botulism, a whatever. Okay. I'm, I won't even say it because I don't know anything about it. Let's talk about somebody with a migraine. So let's take it out of the aesthetics. Sure. And you suffer from migraines and we've learned that, that neuromodulators can help. What would you say to that person? I mean, I just talk a lot about safety with patients all the time. I mean, that botulinum toxin has been around for over 30 years. We use it. I mean, in aesthetic uses, it's actually quite small doses for like neck spasms and eye spasms and calf spasms mm-hmm. and bladder and they're using and migraines. You're using a way larger dose even than you are for aesthetic uses. And so, I mean, I think the safety profile is unbelievable. It's kind of a magic medicine. It does so many wonderful things. Uh, yeah. It's really very fascinating. And the, the safety is fantastic. And when you're using such small doses, you know, I really think that that there's no question about its safety. So I also like the fact that, you know, it wears off after three to four months. Right. I was going to ask you, where mm. does it go? So tell yeah. us a little bit about like, what is your body doing? Yeah. Your body's just breaking. It's a protein and it just breaks down the protein after three to four months. Your body just breaks it down. Your body is taking care of that. Mm-hmm. It's not 
over compromising your organs or anything. Not okay. at all. These were some of the yeah. things that people yeah. wonder people, about. People get afraid that it's going systemic. Like it's acting locally. It's just acting locally. And then right. it's breaking down and your body's getting rid of it. And it cannot stay for longer than the three to four. It doesn't yeah. last longer than that. So for somebody like me who had that droopy eye situation, yeah. tell the people what you told me. So that's a side effect. There are potential side effects of using neuromodulators. And it's really important to go over that with your doctor and to understand them. But they are so, so rare. And almost everything is fixable. Right. You know, if you come in with a slight asymmetry or one eyebrow is a little higher than the other, we can fix all that. And that's why you always do a follow-up with your doctor mm. because they should always check after the first couple of weeks, especially if it's your first time, and then they can tweak things and make it perfect. Mm-hmm. But something like an eyelid droop is really rare. And if it does happen, it, it is unlikely to happen again. And as long as someone's really assessing your anatomy and doing a proper dose, it's unlikely to happen. Yeah. But it can. It's a possibility. Knowing that it's a possibility And I think what you did, you kind of did it in two parts. So let's do a tiny, 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 tiny bit in a certain spot that she was just checking to see how my body would react to it. Then I came back. So yeah, you are committing to this relationship Mm -hmm. and having to kind of check and see, but it's my face. So that matters. And then we kind of figured out a sweet spot, I think. Do you feel that way? That's how I feel too. I feel now no fear around it where before I, I mean, I would like sweat Yes, because <laughs> I was like, I can't, this can't be. Yes. Plus I really, and it's a lot because of my work too. My face has to move. I think most people would want the face to move, but it's really crucial for me. And I need my expressions and all the things. And I would say you can find that happy balance where like when you talk, I can't see any lines, but when you talk, your face is moving all the yeah. natural way. So there is a way to get Absolutely. to that place. And that's, that's what you want. And your injector should be able to do that for you. And, you know, it's all about natural. Yeah. And we're, we're getting to that look, I think, I hope. Okay. So I did, you can explain exactly what it was. We did a small amount of Filler? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a hyaluronic acid filler. Hyaluronic acid is the most common kind of filler. It is temporary. All of our bodies have hyaluronic acid in them. It's not something foreign to your body. Your body is used to having it. And with you, we used a cannula to do it. What a cannula is, you can think about it like a straw or a blunt tube. Mm. You make a little poke hole with a needle and then you put a longer blunt tube through. And so there's a bit less tissue trauma There's a bit less risk of bruising. Mm -hmm. The swelling's a little bit less. And for me, I really like to treat lips with cannulas. Mm -hmm. I love it. Sometimes you need needles. It it does depend on the person's lips and what you're trying to achieve. But but that's what we did with you. And this is the other thing I you we talked about. It's okay to go small. You can Mm -hmm. add you can add more if you want more. You can always add more. And I know some people are like, yeah, but I don't want to have the lip thing more than the one time. Mm -hmm. But I felt like we went small to see and I think you nailed it. I'm Thank so you. happy. I love that it. Beautiful. Folite was a big, great Volite. treatment yeah. that I was a huge fan of. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that one. Sure. So Volite is a is a brand. So it's Juvederm Volite. It's also hyaluronic acid, but it's meant to be injected across the skin to really hydrate it mm-hmm. and basically give it internal moisture. So hyaluronic acid as a molecule binds 1,000 times its weight in water. So you have a lot of hyaluronic acid inside your skin, in your dermis, and a lot of products, skin products have hyaluronic acid in it, but you're actually injecting it right into the dermis of your skin. And then it will bind a 
a ton of water, your skin will stay really hydrated like from the inside out. So it's a it's such a great treatment and I'm really loving it in patients that are a bit red or rosacea prone. Mm. It just helps their skin quality so much, not only moisture, but also just tone. Why and... is it helping rosacea? Is rosacea based? Is it, does it have to do with dryness somehow? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a piece of dryness to okay. rosacea, also sensitivity mm. to product. And mm-hmm. so it's sometimes hard to find that balance with products. That's a great question. I think we'll know more about that over time. Yeah. I noticed a huge impact on the red on my cheeks mm-hmm. that coupled with what was that you gave me a prescription for yes. a topical cream. Yeah that I'm also using that's, mm-hmm. I think, really helping with the red mm-hmm. on my cheeks. Especially the bumps. That prescription is really good for the bumps that happen in rosacea. Yeah. That's called Rosiver or it's ivermectin topically. And it's one of my favorites for prescription treatments for rosacea. Okay. So Volite, Volite, people asked me too. They had not heard of it. I think you'll just have to ask around. You obviously do it at West yes. Dermatology, yes. but find out from where you live locally. And again, I'll put that in the show notes too. There's a few other brands that are called skin boosters. Okay. Sometimes. Look around for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I had gotten extremely dry. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of always been a, an mm-hmm. issue for me. And I just thought that's what the deal is. And I drink a lot of water and all those things that I guess you could try to do mm-hmm. um, that didn't really have a big impact for mm-hmm. me. So I think that was huge. So thank you for that. What else did we do? A little bit of filler. Oh yeah. And filler on jawline. We did a little bit on the jawline and a little bit along the cheekbones. A little on the cheekbones. Yeah. Really just to help pull. Yeah. I treat a lot of patients with filler in the lateral part of the face. Mm -hmm. So the outside of the cheek, like closer to the ear. And, you know, really when you work in that part of the face, there's a little bit more of an ability to lift. Right. Rather than fill or volumize. Yeah. And so we're doing a lot of treatment sort of in that back half of the face mm-hmm. to try to lift and keep things tight and, and where they were so that they're not sagging. I think that I've had a few people ask me about this too. There is kind of a trend right now with filler to kind of go towards more towards the hairline. Yeah. Even your, your temples. Absolutely. Temples um, are amazing. Temples and a long hairline. So guys, that's an interesting thing. I think that I always felt like filler would feel like filler. Like mm-hmm. make you puff up, but you don't have to put it in the place <laughs> where you, you can, yeah, mm-hmm. you can uh, play around with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm extremely happy. Like awesome. it's probably what I feel like is one of the best things I've done for myself in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is a very personal choice. We are not saying you have to make this choice. I'm talking about myself and I just feel so much better. I mean, I just feel so much better. That's and so I also cool. feel like I'm not mucking around all day with makeup and, and whatnot Mm -hmm. to just kind of feel like I felt before Mm -hmm. I just kind of wake up and I put that amazing sunscreen on and go on about my day. Yeah. I would also encourage people, you know, to just talk about it with somebody like me, like a a dermatologist, because you may not know where you want it. You know, patients that trust me will say, what do you think? Mm. Where, Where do I need it? And then I can tell them by looking at their face and assessing their face, because that's what we're trained to do, right? Right. Like that's what I spend all my time learning about and training about is proper assessment of the face and Mm. proper placement of filler and where to put it for natural results and, you know, where to do it to do this, right? So you don't need to know. That's not your job as a patient. You don't need to know where it needs to go, but you can tell us how you're feeling or what Mm. you're wanting. And we can, you know, hopefully you go to somebody who can give you a really thorough assessment Mm -hmm. and let you know where it would be impactful. And you told me a great thing too, which I thought was interesting. There's a lot of different fillers for different parts and places in your face yeah. so that there's kind of a artistry to it. You know, one here is better than one there. And okay. I I'm feeling the sensation that I want to say to, because yes, this stuff is expensive 
Yes. You know, I want to acknowledge that it is expensive. I have chosen to make the investment. People will choose to make that investment in their life. I'm here for the long haul. That's what I've decided. And so I'm going to have to make that decision. If somebody cannot afford these things, are there things that we can be doing that are beneficial this way? Yeah, of course. You know, I think, but I think it kind of starts with skincare right? and, and sort of avoiding the sun and taking care um, of your skin with good skincare and good sunscreen. I think that's a worthy investment, right? I mean, it's so worthy that if you are going to make an investment at all. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, especially when I'm coaching people, sometimes it's, it, this is tricky. Do you have a sushi dinner ever? I mean, in, 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 in say a six month period, don't have the sushi dinner, make yourself a sandwich, put it in a little jar mm-hmm. and decide that that's going to be the thing that you do for yourself. Right. You know, that it really is something you have to kind of put a, a little bit of focus on to maybe make it a priority if you care to do that. Right. And it's, and it's all about you and, and what makes you happy and what's going to make a difference in your life. But if it's important to you, then I think, yeah, I think you can do lots of things with a limited budget. And I think it's just about probably going to the right person and having a plan, you right. know, having a plan, having a discussion about, you know, where your money's worth it. I do that all the time with my patients. If they have a budget mm-hmm. and we're talking about three different things, you know, we'll decide what's going to be the most impactful and where they can, you know, make the most out of their money. And I think, I think, um, obviously it's a, a privilege to be able to do these things and, um, and it's a privilege to be able to do them on my end too. I, this yeah. is so wonderful for me to get to do them for patients, but yeah, you know, you can usually figure out where it's most impactful. So if somebody came in and said, I have this much money, yeah, then put it on you to go, okay. That's boom, what we boom, do boom. all the time. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. when you just said that, I went, oh my gosh, of course. Yes. And if you are going to somebody who's pushing you, well, let's, you know, triple that number, walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Turn <laughs> yes, around and walk away. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. listen to yourself, feel comfortable. Okay. People, everybody wants to know the Holy Grail treatment, but there really isn't, there one. isn't one, right? Yeah. There really isn't one. Oftentimes you need multiple modalities or like multiple treatments to get where you want to get the most in the most natural way. Oftentimes it's really about coming up with a plan and then working at that plan together over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's going to give you the most natural results and the longest lasting results because you're sort of targeting a problem from all the different angles. Right. I find that that tends to work the best. So obviously sunscreen. Okay. Second to sunscreen. Yeah. Ret- retinol or retinoid. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number so two. retinol would be yeah. the number to outside of sunscreen, which I knew nothing Mm -hmm. about. All my friends were like, you don't use that yet. I did not know. I did not (laughs) know what it was. I did not know anything about it. Yes. Everyone should be using one other than when they're pregnant. That's the only time you need to stop it. Otherwise you should be using it all the time. And retinol is sort of a drugstore or over the counter version. So products that you can buy versus a retinoid is usually prescription based. Although there is a retinoid in the States that's over the counter called different. Mm. which is a dapolene. But yeah, a retinol or a retinoid every night, it goes on at night. Okay. A lot of them are photolabile, which means that lights deactivate mm. them. Mm-hmm. So it's just safest, put it on at night, sleep with it oh, overnight, and then wash it off in the morning. And ideally you're using it seven nights a week, but some people can't. So I usually will say, start it every second night okay. and do that for two and or three can't, weeks. Why? Like it makes you a bit red and flaky and irritated. Oh, got it. Okay. And that's normal. That's what you yeah. want it to do. It's working. Oh, there you yeah, go. It's working. Embrace the flakiness. Mm-hmm. And there's things you can do to make that better, right? You want to have a regimen that complements it so that you're hydrated enough mm-hmm. and you're exfoliating mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, I haven't noticed that with the, I'm using that the skin better retinol, retin, what's it called? The skin 
that a retinol that you didn't get from me. I didn't from get from you because you can't get it in Canada. <laughs> so I did get it. Yes, I did get it in the States. I love that one. That's really good. So I would say the, the skin better is a little bit pricier. I haven't noticed any redness. If I can only get it from the drugstore, is there one that you really love? No. Okay. I, but there are quite a few. Okay. There's some big brands like Neutrogena, Rock, ROC. Okay. There's a couple of big brands that have retinols. And then I like in my office, I carry some retinols. Like I don't have the skin better one, but I have a Zeo retinol. Okay. And and retinols are excellent. Yeah. People always think that they're not as strong as retinoids. Mm. But there's a massive amount of evidence that retinols do. So you can get a retinol-based product at the drugstore. Yeah. That's a good product. That's reasonable. Totally. That's reasonable. Okay. You can yeah. also get it prescription in Canada and mm. it can be very inexpensive. So that's one of the things I oh, would often trade with patients, right? If mm-hmm. there's, you know, if we're trying to be conservative with a budget and they can tolerate a retinol already, we'll go to a retinoid, a prescription retinoid, because yes. it can be very inexpensive. And the only trouble with it is they tend to be a bit stronger. So sometimes we'll warm right. up with an over-the-counter one and then go to that. But but everyone that I talk to that uses it, that's like, if you aren't going to do any other thing. Yes, that's such an important step. You will probably most likely see a difference yes, in your skin. Yes, over time. Yeah. yeah. And be patient, right? It's not meant to make a change overnight. Mm. Um, and the changes that happen to your skin didn't happen overnight. Right. So I always just tell pe- people it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And I mean, even our journey has just been, you know, and you even said this to me, you're like, it's going to, you've got to, you got to do the thing to see the results at yes, the end. Yes. Um, and I definitely am seeing them. Okay. This will be our last question because there were quite a few people that asked this question. When is the best time to have a teenager start thinking about dermatological stuff for them and also teen acne? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of treating acne. I really feel sad when I hear or see people that say, oh, it's just something that everybody goes through. You know, having suffered from acne as as really 90% of the population has, it's so, it's so hard on your self-confidence and everything about life. So I treat acne all the time. I treat it as soon as I see it. Um, and I, and I would encourage everybody to do that because it's a hard battle to go through mm-hmm. when you have it. And it is, it can leave very long lasting and permanent effects like scars mm-hmm. and discoloration, which are very hard to treat. The scars, mm. acne scars are very hard to treat. Acne is not very hard to treat. So God, that's so interesting. It. Like yeah. even just as you're saying it, I'm taking it in and going just those words, treating acne. Cause I think I'm 44. Our generation was sorry, too bad. That's mm-hmm. life. Yes. Right. That's and that most of us. I'm one of these people. I have a, you know, I have an acne scar. I think a lot of us do. Yes. But when you said that, I thought immediately of my kids. If they get to that path, like I can take them, and there's them something that we can do, and they will help you absolutely. And I just don't think you need to suffer with it terribly. Mm-hmm. So we, there's lots of great treatment options. There's a variety of treatment mm-hmm. options, topicals, pills, even some lasers. And I think you know, I think it's up to the the child. And mm-hmm. also, and also the parent, I mean, I think, you know, that the person comes first, if it's really mm-hmm. not bothering them, that's one thing. Really. I wonder if dermatology or, or if acne is covered in insurances for teens. In, it might in be. Canada, it is. In Canada, so to it is. see a okay. dermatologist. Yeah. You just have to have a referral from a family doctor and you get to see a dermatologist. Did you guys hear that in Canada, you can get a referral and have your acne treated. That's amazing. That is amazing. I think teens in particular, that was definitely a question a lot of people asked, was getting teens in to get treated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, teenagers, especially teenage girls, but also teenage boys, you know, they'll start using skincare Mm -hmm. to try to fix it. Um, And again, if you just have a 
proper conversation with somebody, a dermatologist that can give some advice, you'll probably go through less heartache. Right. Right. Cause and don't it, pick, right? Don't pick. It's the worst thing you can do. It's so hard. Can we not leave to that pick. as our final statement? Don't yes. pick. Don't pick. You often make the spot worse, darker, darker for longer. What about popping pimples? Is that yeah. a good plan or a bad no, plan? It's don't a bad do plan. it. Don't do it. Yeah. What about getting extractions at a facial, good or bad? Yeah, so like uh, we'll do extractions in our office when someone comes and has one of the light peels okay. for acne. And it's always better to have me or one of my nurses do the extractions than like to don't do, do it yourself. Do it yourself. <laughs> you, you will inevitably make a bigger mess. But, you know, if every time you squeeze and pop, it often will leave a darker mark for a long time mm-hmm. and sometimes even a scar. So you want to try not to. That's really hard, but you want to try not to. But it's okay to get extractions from yeah, a professional. Somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, okay, so Dr. Sutton, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but if you have listened to the podcast, at the end of every podcast, we do a thing called the three M's. Do you know what it is? No. Okay, good. So it stands for munch, move, and meditate. Okay. And my questions are, what did you have for breakfast? And what movement did you do today? If you didn't do anything today, yesterday or the day before, whatever. And then what meditation, AKA quiet moment, moment of repose did you have in the last couple of days? Okay. So what was for breakfast? I had a a coffee, which I always have in the morning. And I had a a boiled egg and a piece of toast Mm -hmm. and berries. Perfect. It was delicious. (laughs) Yeah. We get such um, good ideas on here. It's really funny. I love like berries. I get ideas too. Even mm-hmm. just like a rice cake with peanut butter and oh. bananas. Uh, mm-hmm. Libby said that. Anyway, love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and your move. What was your move? Yeah. So we were in Whistler this morning, and we went on a, a nice long bike ride around Lost Lake and the Valley Trail, and that is literally one of my favorite things to do in the world. So that's what we did, and I already feel better because we did that for. A it's amazing, hours. right? It's so, so typically in your life. Are you a person who will get up and move before you go? Because you're working on your feet all day. Yeah, I don't normally work out at like five in the morning, but I'm moving all day long. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't stop most of the day. And then I've been doing my workouts after work. Okay. And what I've, is a favorite workout for you? My very favorite workout, we go to Condi, which is a little studio near my office. And my team does it together. And it's insane. It's what is like, it? crazy treadmill sprints. Okay. And they're, and they're all over the place. So Mm. it's, you don't, you're not just running for 20 minutes. It's just crazy sprints that it's short bursts. And then a lot of TRX, a lot of squats. So is that like a hit workout? Is that what that stands for? Or kind of, we're doing like like interval. We're doing intervals totally. And a lot of calisthenics Mm. and Pilates. There's Pilates in there. It's very mixed. And I I love love it. What's it called again? It's a studio called Condi. Okay. I have to check that out. And what was your meditate? Well, I'd say, you know, when I get to be outside in nature and exercising, I'm probably my most happiest. So just look, getting to look at how beautiful Whistler is while we were bike riding really does it for me. Yeah. It just nourishes just mindfulness my mindfulness in the moment. Oh, yeah. And then even driving down. It was, this was like the most spectacular day for a drive. And I am happy when I get to look around BC and just so beautiful. Take it in. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. I do a hike almost every day. And I don't always sit and meditate in that sort of traditional way that people would think of meditation, Mm -hmm. but just getting out and walking. And I often say to people I work with, if you can just even take five minutes and if it's hard for your brain to calm down, you can name what you're seeing. You know, you can just call it out Mm -hmm. as you're seeing it in in the forest. Mm -hmm. And that will do the same thing to your brain as a traditional meditative experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really important. Thank you so much for coming over. 
You'll be one of the last people to be in this house. So we'll be in the (laughs) next one next time. For anybody who is in Vancouver, British Columbia, you can find Dr. Sutton at West Dermatology. This will be in the show notes. I do talk about her a lot on my Instagram too, because really, like I said, this has probably been one of the best gifts for me in this, in this year. Cause I just feel I got my confidence back. Thank you. Well, that's the goal. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So yeah, guys, check her out. And I think the moral of the story here is we really do want to take care of our skin and we want to do things that make us feel good. This is about you. This is your personal journey and you get to choose what makes you feel the best. So find people that do that for you and support that in you. And also, like I said, listen to your budget and listen to your boundaries. And I think if you go looking, you will find that person. So thank you for being that person for me. It's my pleasure. And guys, we will see you next Monday. Flow on.